Welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. There is so much noise on the interweb these days about what women should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to their fitness and health. Not only is it all too often tied to shame and fixing our bodies, it can also be incredibly detrimental to our health and wellness overall. The Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast sorts through the BS and offers advice and actionable tactile steps to support and build a better relationship to your amazing body through every stage of womanhood. It aims to break the cycle of keeping women in the dark about their extraordinary machines and revolutionize the way we move, eat, and live so that our daughters and our daughter's daughters look in the mirror and feel exactly what they are. Fierce, beautiful, and capable of everything. The revolution starts here. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Women's Fitness and Health Revolution podcast. At the time of this recording and release of this podcast, because your girl is efficient, we are currently in our five-day Strong Start Challenge. We have 33 participants from all over the States and even one joining us from France, Huzzah! And y'all, it is so inspiring watching them showing up and taking care of their bodies in a way that makes them stronger, sets them up to age well, and doesn't preach any kind of restriction or fix-it mentality. Some of these women have never worked out before. Some are freshly back after injury or illness. Some had an athletic history but have never strength trained or haven't strength trained in a while. And some are just exploring strength training to feel stronger and have more energy with their kids and grandkiddos. And I couldn't be more blown away by these women. I say it all of the time because it is true. The hardest part of any fitness program or workout is without a doubt getting started. There are so many mental barriers, excuses, insecurities, and various other voices that pop up in our head and talk us out of working out. The ability to make time and show up despite the echo chamber that is our beautiful but at times challenging mind is truly the biggest act of strength. The coolest thing though, once you get in and get moving, especially when you're doing it the right way, you feel almost immediately how easy it is to get results from strength training without zapping you of energy or forcing you to count calories with every single bite you take or sacrificing hours or even an hour of your time. That is exactly why I'm running the Strong Start Challenge, to give women a taste of how, with a little bit of maneuvering of their schedule and getting over that mental hump, strength training can fit almost effortlessly into our lives. And the more reps you get at ex- or experiencing it, the quieter that mental echo chamber gets. Or maybe it's just that we know better than to start listening to it. And that, that is why I created Strength Foundations for Women, or SFW. This online coaching program is three months long. And that was intentional, y'all. It gives you enough time to progress through your strength training and build confidence walking into any gym or group fitness class, knowing exactly what's going on and how to perform the moves. But it's also a long enough time where showing up to our workouts becomes more and more of a no-brainer because we formed a habit of week in and week out consistently showing up for 30 minutes per day of working out two to four times a week. Our next session of SFW, by the by, starts on March 3rd. So if you are looking to jumpstart your fitness journey once and for all, please hop on that commitment-free interest list in the show notes. We are not going to run this program again till September. And just think of how crazy this is. 
If you joined the program in March, by the time that September program enrolled, you will have already been working out for seven months, for over half a year. And if you're not sure how 30 minutes of workouts can be that effective in seven months, let's go ahead and uh, talk real fast about my baddie client, Audrey, who had come to me not having had time to fit workouts into her world consistently for a couple of years because she was a full-time student and then a full-time dentist. Girl was busy. And this is what she had to say after just eight weeks of two 30-minute sessions. When we first started, I wasn't sure 30-minute workouts would make such a huge difference so quickly. Now it's been eight weeks, and I can't even remember the person I used to be. My mindset towards fitness and my body has morphed into something much more positive, and I don't get the ick anymore when I think about working out. I can also feel that my muscles support my body better throughout the day, especially in my line of work. Kinsey makes it feel so doable. I never imagined myself as a regular workout person, but I do now. Huzzah! P.S. She and I have been training for eight months now, and she is crushing Orange Theory hit classes on top of our weekly sessions. She's signed up to run not one, but two half marathons this year, first one in May. She's lifting 30 plus pounds on her sumo squat up from body weight. And just casually will out of the blue hit me up like the other weekend saying she just woke up and busted a 10 mile run. She's killing it. So I'm just going to go ahead and give a quick moment of silence so we can give her the glorious standing ovation that she deserves. Are you clapping? Excellent. Thank you very much. And thank you to Audrey for being such a shining inspiration of what is possible when we show up, take it one workout at a time, and trust the process. Our bodies are so dang adaptable. They want to perform optimally. Once we start giving them the stimulus to make healthy changes, it is just a short amount of time before the snowball effect takes hold and suddenly we look back and realize that we are doing things that seemed to be impossible And suddenly, now they're happening without us even thinking about them. Is it magic? Maybe. If magic means starting the right way, going slowly, staying consistent, and trusting the process. Which brings me to our topic of the day. The six things I wish I knew before I started strength training, or TBH working out in general, because unlike Audrey... I explored a lot of incorrect avenues before I discovered a relationship with fitness that was healthy, effective AF, and sustainable for the rest of my life, again, without asking me to sacrifice everything in my life. I'm going to start with this one because it is a big one, and it's going to be a little bit longer, so just bear with me. I promise the juice is worth a squeeze. So number one thing I wish I knew before I started strength training, quality over quantity. This would have changed my life, changed my life. And it definitely has since. I'm going to go on a quick anecdotal tangent here because I've worked with a lot of folks over the years who have shared various versions of my own story. So I'm more than certain that someone out here is going to hear this and relate. When I first found non-sport related fitness, no, I was not athletic, by the way. I just played sports poorly in high school so that I didn't have to take a gym class so that I could take two choir classes during the day. I know, pretty cool. So when I first found non-sport related fitness way back in 2006, I was deep in my eating disorder. 
I had been struggling with anorexia for about a year, and it was about to go downhill in a big way over the next couple of years. But we can save those details and that story for another day. The point here is that I found treadmills. And treadmills showed me the quote-unquote calories that I burned with each run. So having hated running and really the idea of exercise in general, now I was suddenly running every single day until I burned off all of the calories I had consumed that day. Which, spoiler, this is not how calories work. And also, those counts are very inaccurate. But this is not how calories work. Your body needs a bunch of calories to that have nothing to do with eating calories that just maintain the function of our day-to-day physiological responses. You know, things like our heart beating or breathing or walking to the bathroom, sitting up straight, supporting our hormones. You know, those old things. The point is, like so many people, I found exercise as a way to lose weight and make up for the food I ate, which if you can't see me, I was finger quoting y'all. And very quickly, I fell into the belief that more was in fact better. And instead of taking rest days, if for some reason I had to miss my run that day, I was truly terrified to eat. This may seem like an extreme version to some of you, but to this day, I still get asked permission by clients and folks at the gym if they can eat meals on their rest day. This can be a topic for another day, but I just need to let you know that the answer is a resounding heck yes, please, you need food every day. We don't starve ourselves when we don't exercise. Rest days, especially our bodies are repairing. There's so much on this topic, but like I said, yes, please, please, please eat, eat, eat. Your body will love you for it. I'll love you for it. And you'll love you for it. I promise. So fast forward to 2011. I moved to LA. I'm still just treadmilling, but now I'm treadmilling on and off. My yo-yo exercising era has arrived. Now listen up, because I think a lot of us can probably relate to the experience of yo-yo exercising. Yo-yo exercising, by the way, is just like the term yo-yo dieting. We go periods of all in on exercising and then periods of no exercising at all. For some of us, similar to the dieting, it could look like getting really into yoga for a few months and then dropping off. Or a year later, getting into bar and then dropping off. And then a year later, getting really into insert exercise here. You can probably pick up the pattern all in or nothing at all. And there is zero shame in this, by the way. It is so stinking common. And just like yo-yo dieting, it is a symptom of a culture that teaches us to go hard or go home. So the natural evolution, eventually, even if we really like what we're doing or how we're feeling initially, it becomes too much for our systems to maintain. A lot of time this leads to burnout, which leads to months or years or never getting back into exercise. And why would we want to jump right back into exercise if we developed this relationship and expectation that teaches us that exercise takes all of my time, takes all of my energy, and leaves me feeling exhausted? If you have a life, a life period, a job, maybe you're a student, maybe you've got kiddos or a new relationship or friends who like to hang out after 5 p.m., suddenly that style of exercise becomes an incredible black hole of an energy suck and a sacrifice. It boils down to exercise or the rest of my life. And ultimately, generally, exercise loses. And TBH, thank freaking goodness, because that is not what our bodies want or need. Okay, Back to me, please. (laughs) So I'm living in LA. 
And one day, I show up to a shift at the restaurant I'm working at, and the doors are closed. The place has gone out of business and gave us no warning or heads up. Pretty cool. I'm out of a job, but fear not, loving listeners, I am nothing if not resourceful, and the next day, I wind up with a job at a gym down the road. This is where I found HIT and group fitness, and it changed the trajectory of my life. Yep, I fell in love, and I am so freaking grateful. But it would be years until that was a healthy love. Even as I became a teacher and a trainer, it is with great humility that I admit I became that teacher who thought, even if I didn't necessarily preach it out loud, no pain, no gain. In my own workouts, I was taking exactly zero rest days, doubling, sometimes tripling my HIT classes. And I'm going to take a pause here. The benefits of fitness in my mind, and I think would be a universal truth when talked about, go so far beyond body composition. But since it is such a driving force for getting people into the fitness world, I think it's vital to note here, looking at side-by-side photos from now and back then, my body composition is better now at age 35 with five weekly mixed modality workouts under 60 minutes apiece than it was at age 27 working out literally all of the time. To cut this off, because I know I've been chatting here for a minute, there's no surprise that this style of training eventually led to burnout. But the insidious part of this, it was so ingrained in my psyche that this is what fitness was supposed to be, that I had no idea it could feel any other way. It literally took the pandemic and shutting gyms down to get me to slow down, look back, and realize I had started losing hair. My gut was trashed. I hadn't slept well in years. I was an anxious wreck. I had cortisol store around my midsection, even though I didn't know what that was at the time. I lived on caffeine. I was overall unwell. So 2019, in a lot of ways, was the start of my personal evolution that led me on the path of learning about how to help women break free of standard society sets on the way we live, the way we look, the way we exercise, and let's be real, the way that we function in general, to help them break the idea that more is more and figure out how to truly take care of ourselves, especially as we age, to rid myself and my clients of that burnout norm we've established and to redefine our relationship with nutrition and exercise, a journey that has since culminated in strength foundations for women. Ahem. The takeaway here is, since 2023, when I took Raider Fit online, I have worked exclusively with women returning to fitness or trying it on for the first time. Together, we focus on 30-minute workouts two to four times per week. And the results have been mind-blowing. Like Audrey said earlier, transformations are unrecognizable. They're not only getting stronger and lifting heavier, but clients are seeing changes in their body composition. They have more energy throughout their day. They minimize chronic pain that they've experienced for most of of their lives, feeling there's no reprieve. They find stress easier to manage, have gentler periods. They've gotten more mobile and increased their range of motions. I have several clients, I am excited to say, who have touched their toes for the very first time, which if you've never touched your toes, imagine doing it because Yes, it is possible. Quality 
over quantity. This means commitment to showing up over time with high quality progressive workouts. Not every single day for hours. We're talking two to four times per week for only 30 minutes. And if you need help with the high quality progressive workout part, I got you. Hop on that SFW interest list because you deserve to learn from my mistakes and live well. Oh my gosh, moving on our list. Number two, strength training is the ideal way of training for aging, body comp, metabolism, all of it. I wish I knew that. I'm going to try to keep this one a little shorter, lol, because like I mentioned before, fitness to me for a very long snap of time meant running or cardio, anything that I thought would torch those cows. I also was a person who was afraid to touch weights because I didn't want to bulk. This is another thing that I still hear a lot of. I also see it often when women opt to take a bar class with 2.5 pound weights instead of a strength class with 10 plus pound weights. And there is nothing wrong with cardio and bar. If you love it as a part of a workout routine, it's amazing. I myself, as I mentioned, mix modality. Every cycle of training, I strength train, I do yoga, I do hit, and I'm running again because remember that baddie Audrey? She she invited me to do the Disney half marathon with her, and I cannot wait for her to kick my butt. It is going to be a blast. But in isolation, cardio, bar, sculpt, etc., the big thing that these categories are missing is muscle adaptation. You need to do a lot. And I am talking like a lot. Probably no joke, 30 minutes to an hour of reps of a 2.5 pound weight in order to force your muscle to adapt and develop into lean muscle tissue. We go way deeper into this on episode six of this podcast when we talk about fat loss versus strength gain. But here's the big takeaway. We need lean muscle mass for health. Please allow me to be a broken record on this, but lean muscle mass promotes immunity, increases metabolism, increases insulin sensitivity, combats chronic disease and heart condition, dispels metabolic disorders like diabetes, decreases risk of Alzheimer's and dementia, to name just a few benefits. Lean muscle mass also does not mean bulk. You have to train and eat and I mean like eat to bulk. And even then, you're working for that muscle all the time. The truth is with strength training and proper protein, our bodies generally get leaner when we lift, especially if we're starting in a place where we're over our healthy weight that our body likes to hold. It is the ideal way to lose weight. And again, check out episode six of this podcast. We deep dive into how exclusively doing cardio can actually have an adverse effect with weight loss, where it can slow your metabolism and break down your muscles for energy. If I had known strength training was the way to go way back in the day, not only would I probably burnt out a lot less frequently because another beauty of strength training is that we have all sorts of adequate breaks involved to allow ATP stores to reset, I also would have the booty of my dreams. Okay, maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but strength training would have been a lot more sustainable and beneficial overall. I would have had a lot more energy in my day. And if I knew how to eat, I wouldn't have been starving and hangry AF literally all of the time. Okay, three. This is a big one. Pain isn't normal. This is another one I see a lot and still 
in gyms and group fitness classes. The universal understanding that we've all somehow come to agree on is that it's normal to feel some level of pain during exercise, either that we should be sore AF after our workouts, which is wrong sometimes, not all the time, or that feeling pain in our knees or low back is just part of squatting or deadlifting or whatever, and we just have to push through it. Before I got certified as a personal trainer and learned the actual mechanics of movement patterns like squats and deadlifts and planks, I was doing them wrong for years. Even though I was in group fitness classes, my form was never adjusted. And that also is a juicy topic for another day, but staying on course, Kinsey. I, like so many people, assumed one of two things. The first being that it was just what happened when I did squats and that was part of working out and why everyone who does fitness or runs needs to eventually have knee and hip replacements. Again, super duper false. Or the second was that I just kind of assumed my body was weird and it was unresolvable. It was just, I had knees that hurt during squats and that was me. I'm Kinsey. I have got the knee thing. When in fact, 90, probably plus percent of the time, pain has nothing to, or has everything to do with incorrect form, and or over and underactive muscles. So resolvable issues. Gradually, over the span of several years, the knee braces I wore as a normal part of my workout gear, I'd grab my leggings, grab my sports bra, grab my knee braces, went from cloth sleeves to PVC piping that held my patella in place. That is not normal. That is progressively getting worse. So please, if you feel pain or discomfort in your low back, your knees, your neck, anywhere, it's time to stop. Not forever. Just slow down. Grab a coach or a trainer or a physical therapist. Have them assess and correct your form. Because remember, exercise is a skill. We need to be taught the proper way to move just like we would have to be taught the proper finger placement in bowing if we were playing violin. And then, once we have the proper idea of how to move, we have to practice that movement pattern over and over with lighter or no weight. Just like with the violin, we'd start playing something like row, row, row your boat before we go into throwing on tons of weight or speed and essentially banging out some buck. So if you walk away from this podcast with nothing else, if you feel pain when you move, please, please, please seek out some guidance. I promise you this is going to benefit you in the long run tenfold. Fitness does not mean inevitable knee and hip replacements. In fact, when performed correctly, it should mean the exact opposite. It means sustaining a healthy skeleton muscular system for the rest of your life. Which brings me to number four, body, body, body weight. It goes a long way, especially when you are new, or dealing with that pain. Strength training is literal adaptation in your body, which happens when we place new and challenging stressors on it. If you haven't worked out ever or in a while, performing body body weight exercises will actually be enough of a change in the way that you're moving to start stimulating a lot of those healthy adaptations. And on top of that, Body weight gives you time and reps to practice nailing form without the added distraction of throwing weight into the equations. I'm going to cut this one a little short because in our 
upcoming episode next week, we're going to deep dive into how to assess and start correcting your form without a personal trainer. And then the following week after SFW opens and is in running, I'm actually going to be doing a form series on Instagram and on the newsletter. So stay tuned. We're going to dive deep. So number five, gosh, I wish I knew this mostly just so that I could not be hangry. You gots to feed your muscle. Like I said, this one I wish I believed way earlier on. Because starving ourselves, even if it's cutting back drastically on calories and it feels like it's something you're quote unquote supposed to do, wrecks our physiology. It leads to a whole bunch of issues. Weight retention, hormone imbalance, slowed metabolism, and that's just the beginning. There's a whole slew of other issues, especially if we do it long term. Not to mention... It even sucks to be hungry, y'all. It just sucks. But the cool thing is that muscles are metabolically expensive. We need to eat just to have them in the first place, especially eating leucine-rich protein when it comes to muscle protein synthesis. And I'm already running longer than usual on this podcast, but that is a whole other banger of an episode. In the meantime, though, I 10 out of 10 recommend checking out Dr. Gabrielle Lyon's resources to learn more about muscle protein synthesis. She's got a podcast. She's got a book. She is a baddie. But another thing is, without enough food, not only are we not able to stimulate and maintain muscle development, we actually start to break down our precious muscle tissue and use it as an energy source. And remember, as we age, after the age of 30, we are already losing muscle tissue every single year. So if we're not fueling, not only are we naturally losing muscle tissue, but we're causing extra breakdown because we're not supporting our body. Because remember, food is fuel. It takes care of us. So please make sure you are feeding your beautiful body. And probably, probably you need to get a lot more protein. I'm just, I, I might know you, I might not know you. And 90% of the people I chat with myself included half the time need more protein. It is something that I'm constantly working on. Think in terms of 100 grams of protein per day with the intention of eventually getting up to one gram of protein for every ideal pound of body weight. And I talked about this a bit in episode 12 when I went on my mini rant about the vegan Netflix documentary. But if you are eating a plant-based diet, no shade. I love that for you. Just know that the number of grams of protein you need are going to go up slightly because plant-based proteins are slightly less bioavailable than animal-based and they also are not as high in the amino acid leucine. So you really want to make sure that you're getting proteins that are high in that amino acid leucine because that is going to be the one that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. And I believe it's three grams of leucine per serving that we need to stimulate it. Um, Anyway, I'll leave you with this final thought and my last point that I wish I knew before I started strength training or working out. But number six, maybe the holy grail, start with nailing the basics. I jumped into the deep end when I started because I just didn't know any better. And honestly, almost every single workout, fitness program, whether it's group fitness, DIY program, they all kind of jumpy in the deep end. Personally, the result for me was craptastic form for my first several years of training, 
which meant not only were my workouts less efficient, which sucks because I was putting a lot of time into them, I was also setting myself up for injury in a big, big way. The longer I work with clients, the more clear it becomes to me that we need to reframe thinking about exercise from something that we can just jump in and out of with no formal training and realize that it is a straight up skill. You wouldn't hop in with the New York Ballet and try to bang out Black Swan. You probably wouldn't hop on the courts and try to hoop with the Lakers. And I doubt you would step on stage with Led Zeppelin and grab the guitar and start shredding. And if you would, ballsy. I like your style. But the point is, just because fitness is widely available doesn't mean that there isn't a better, safer, more sustainable way to start. I want you to be able to go out into the world and do every sort of fitness your heart desires. But in order to do that, we need to nail those foundations. All too often when I'm at the gym or taking a group fitness class, I watch students throwing weight overhead with major anterior pelvic tilts, essentially lifting with their low back or squatting with an excessive forward lean or coming all the way off their heels, throwing tons of strain on their knees or rounding in their spine in a deadlift. And I realize fitness world, I think we kind of did the world a disservice. I truly believe in the bottom of my heart, anyone and everyone can and should be strength training. I also believe it would be the most valuable thing ever to have everyone new to fitness or newly back take a program that taught them both the foundations of exercise and worked with them to correct their form for safe, optimal lifts that can last them a lifetime. That is literally why I created SFW. In that program, our progressive weekly workouts do exactly that. They are built around my signature strong methodology, which incorporates the six foundations of strength training. It also includes small group coaching pods with times dedicated to working with you on your individual form correction and to set you up for better, safer movement for life. So personal trainer for the price of group fitness. No matter what you decide moving forward, I wish you a happy healthy, strong AF body, yaddy, yaddy. And the advice I give to my younger self is the advice I give here. One, quantity, or excuse me, quality over quantity. Two, strength training is the ideal way to train at the basis of everything else. You can pepper in other stuff, but strength training is where it's at as a base. Three, pain. It isn't normal. Please stop. Get it checked out. Four, body weight goes a long way. Five, you gots to feed your muscle. And that goes even if you're not training quite yet. We still need protein. And six, start with nailing the basics. As always, amazing Raiders. If you got something out of this podcast or you liked what you learned, it would mean the absolute world to me if you took a hot second to like, share, and review the pod. That is how we get this info to more and more women and help fuel the revolution of moving for our health. And as always, thank you so much. It means the world to me that you spent time listening to this podcast. If Strength Foundations for Women sounds like something that you vibe with or you're interested in learning more, definitely hop on that wait list in the link below. We are opening our next round of enrollment this upcoming week. Our first program begins, I believe public cart opens on the 28th. 
28th. So Wednesday, February 28th, we open. We are only running through March 3rd and then cart closes until our September program. So please, please, please. The cool thing to think about is September is eight eight months away from March, about eight months away from March, eight months away from March. Let's just say that. So if you got started in March, by the time our September program rolled around, you would already have been exercising for eight months. It is wild the level of adaptation our body can create in eight months. You'll be amazed how different you feel in eight weeks. So take a second, think about where you want to be in eight months. And I'll cross my fingers that it's exercising and hopefully learning how to strength train with me and strength train or strength foundations for women. But no matter what, I'm always wishing you a happier, healthier you. Until next time, Raiders. Aroo!